0: to help make this possible so please consider supporting our mission by visiting the spoken gospel website clicking on donate and contributing what you can whether you choose to donate once or monthly we're so grateful for your support okay now on with the show
1: welcome to the spoken gospel podcast spoken gospel is a ministry that's dedicated to speaking the gospel out of every corner of Scripture In Luke 24, Jesus told His disciples that every part of the Bible was about Him. So each week, hosts David and Seth work through a passage of scripture to see how it's all about Jesus and His good news. Let's jump in.
0: Well, welcome everyone to the Spoken Gospel podcast. We are so glad you're joining us, and I'm very glad to have my dear friend Seth joining me as always. How it.
1: are you, man? I'm I'm well today. Yeah, I'm ready for a haircut.
0: Oh yeah, not that anybody can see. No. but
1: my hair is frustrating me. This has intensely. been, a, this has
0: been a, a narrative here at Spoken Gospel. I've been
1: over the course of the last <laughs> several months. I've been growing my hair out to see if I can get it long and likable
0: and like long and likable but it's 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 just long it's just long and you don't like it (laughs) i don't like
1: it (laughs) and i've given myself a deadline of october and i'm in september and i'm just ready for it to be over or it to be liked yeah and it's neither of those things right now
0: let's see and you know much like hair that is cut in a act of suffering only for it to inevitably grow back in resurrection Mm. First Peter 3 and 4? I thought it be like a oil, like Seth's <laughs> unwashed hair, like the oil dripping down Aaron's beard. Oh, no, no no, was, no, no. I was trying to make a segue, one of our famous segues. Uh, <laughs> into yeah, into First the, Peter 3 and 4. Which
1: is about the inevitability of suffering.
0: So get excited. Get excited. No, well, uh, get really excited, actually.
1: Yeah, so Peter has been making the point for a while now that suffering for the Christian is inevitable. But that is good news. Because
0: just as inevitable is resurrection. Yeah. Um, and you can't have one without the other. And you can't have one without the other. Because Jesus didn't just have resurrection. <laughs> right. It's he, because you must die first. You must die first. He set the pattern. Uh, yeah. yeah.
1: and so And remember, Peter's speaking to people being legislated against by their government. They're in a culture that mocks their sobriety while celebrating sensuality. Mm-hmm. It's a world that's increasingly hating followers of Jesus. And Peter says, in a world like that, Resurrection is everywhere. Mm-hmm. And that's what yeah. we're going to talk about.
0: Okay. So when we're talking about, we're going to talk about suffering for righteousness sake. That's like the first thing we're going to talk about, right? Yes. Okay. Um, what kind? Ca- just help me real quick, unless it's in the text. I don't know if it is. Mm-hmm. What kind of suffering are we talking about? I mean, I see the word in verse nine of chapter three, reviling, mm-hmm. like being reviled. Um, yep. So here, I, let me I see just, the word harm. I'm like, we're talking about suffering. Yeah. What, what, what are we talking about?
1: Well, so what does it mean to suffer for righteousness' sake?
0: Right. Is the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
1: if we remember back to our last podcast, we had these examples of slaves, spouses, and uh, citizens. 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 Yeah all suffering because of their affiliation with jesus and their mm-hmm. allegiance to him um and for various reasons they're being treated evilly they are being mocked persecuted they're being
0: ostracized ostracized left out and then
1: alienated in their marriages and yep. whatever
0: relationship like that's what's happening but maybe even physical suffering maybe, uh, it, most certainly in the slave the in slave the, slave, the yep. slave relationship or maybe just as a citizen in the kingdom right you're the government is going to oppress you for not worshiping their gods. Yeah, that's exactly right. Okay, yep.
1: So there's that happening. Mm -hmm. And so John, or John, Peter is encouraging his people in the face of that type of suffering, respond by not being evil. Mm. Respond righteously because... When we suffer for righteousness sake, we will be blessed. Yeah. That's the point here. He's going to make a point, a different point in a second. When we suffer like Christ, Uh we will be resurrected. Right. But for now, he's making when we suffer for righteousness sake, when we suffer for doing the right thing when being done evil against, Uh we will be blessed. We will
0: be blessed, which is a hyperlink
1: to resurrection life and eternal life and
0: everything else. But also to Matthew chapter five is what I was thinking. Oh, yes. It's a beatitude. Yeah, it's blessed are you when you're persecuted for my name, right? For
1: my name. Well, there's two different Beatitudes about this. Okay.
0: There's one suffering for righteousness sake Uh
1: and one for suffering for my name's sake. Uh, And I think Peter brings them both up here. And we're
0: in the first one. And with the first one. Ah, I see. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, blessed are you when you suffer for righteousness sake. And so he, I mean, he has this uh, command, which is not unique to Peter. Uh, Paul says something very close to this in Romans 12. Uh, but First Peter three nine, do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless. For to this you were called that you may obtain a blessing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I mean, that's a hard, it's a hard thing to ask somebody to do. Mm-hmm. Don't repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling. Don't get even. Yeah, don't get even. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I mean, like, why? Why not? <laughs> Um, because it's the wrong
1: story. Oh, okay. Um, what is the story the people of God are being invited into? The Yeah. Through the family of Abraham, all nations of the earth will be blessed.
0: Oh yeah. Right. So
1: when you repay evil with evil and hate for hate, you're participating in the story that's not God's people.
0: Uh, you're you're, no- yeah. You're part of the other kingdom you're that part- you have now been exiled from. Yeah. And you are now a sojourner in. Yes, they that kingdom repays evil for evil and mm-hmm. does evil and reviles and harms mm-hmm. and that's the narrative of that kingdom. That's the way that kingdom operates. It's its lifeblood. Yes, and you've been exiled from that kingdom by faith in Jesus. Mm-hmm. We talked about this in the first Peter introduction mm-hmm. and first Peter 1 um, uh, and now in this switched allegiance now that you're in the kingdom of heaven and as you sojourn through the evil kingdom. You have to live by another story. Yeah. Where the citizen of a different kingdom. You are meant to be a blessing because you're in Abraham's line. That's right. Uh, And so all nations, even the evil ones, even the reviling ones, even the harmful ones,
1: even ones that harm you personally, you
0: personally, you go bless them. Yeah. That's helpful because, I mean, for a long, I mean, I've studied passages like this for a long time, especially back in college when I was doing deep studies on um, social justice Uh and. Uh, Christian nonviolence. Yeah, and this was a this is a classic proof text for Christian nonresistance or Christian mm, nonviolence. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and it's just like, see, we don't do those kinds of things, you know. Right. Or um, the you know the best grounding is obviously just the gospel that Jesus didn't do it, so we don't do it, you know. Yep. yep Jesus suffered it. and died, so you can suffer and die. Yeah, which is true. Which is true. But Peter is doing something way broader here too. Mm-hmm. And he's gra- he's been grafting the, the people, the exiled sojourners of his community mm-hmm. into Israel's story in chapters 1 and 2. That's right. And so now when he's telling them to bless and not harm... He's saying, be Abraham. Fulfill the Abrahamic promise to bless all nations. That's right. and I've never thought about that. So I'm and, just having to rehearse it in my own head. And think about it's j- good.
1: J- just previously, mm-hmm. in the last example, he just talked about wives and husbands. And who did he just bring up? Abraham Sarah, and Sarah. Abraham, Sarah yeah. So he's, he's, he's in this mode. I also think this is his way of repeating Jesus' command to love your enemies. Oh, yeah. I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be children of your father in heaven. Mm. And so he's doing the same type of work here, yeah. just using different meta, a different meta or a different way to get us in there. He's talking about the story of Abraham, story of God's people. Yeah. 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 Being children of God's being people, children of God's people, like our father in heaven, who's uh. birthed a new people, a new nation of people through Abraham to bless the world.
0: Okay. Okay. I'm in for this. Yep. I'm in for this. Uh, and then, well, I, okay, ask a I, I want: What does it mean to bless others, and what does it mean that we will obtain a blessing? Uh, <laughs> that's that's my that's my question.
1: I mean, Jesus says, "Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you." Mm. Right. So mm-hmm. that, that's a really c- concrete thing. And then yep. Peter has just said S- to submit to those in authority over you, yep. so that you might win them. Okay. So when you are In a situation where where you have no power, Mm -hmm. how do you uh, bless? You love, you submit, and you pray. Yeah. That's, I I think, I mean, in context, I would say in reflecting the story of Jesus, that's what it means. Yeah. You love, you submit, and you pray.
0: Yeah. Oh, and then to obtain a blessing, he quotes this, is this Mm -hmm. a psalm here? This is a
1: psalm, 34. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, Yeah, okay, so this is verse 10 of 1 Peter 3, and you said it's Psalm 34, Mm -hmm. and it's like, so that you may obtain a blessing for, and then he quotes this Psalm, whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil. Uh, Okay, that's cool. So it's like, what's the blessing I'm obtaining? Uh, A life that I'm going to love, and and days that are good? Yep. Okay. Now, we know he can't mean days absent of suffering, or an easy or comfortable life, but... A life that you'll love Mm -hmm. and days that are actually good despite the circumstance that's right or
1: he it could even be like um like the kind of like the good life of proverbs like which kind of implies not not
0: good like qualitative but good like moral yeah the good life the good life yeah okay yeah
1: um and he 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 says keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit which goes back up to don't repay evil for evil or hatred for hatred yep But on the contrary, bless. Um, Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace Mm -hmm. and pursue it. Which I think is an interesting way to talk about submission too. When you have authorities above you persecuting you, you're supposed to seek peace with those powers rather than try to rebel against them.
0: Right, which is a nice color to add to the submission conversation. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes it's like submitting to an an evil authority Uh who's doing you harm can just seem like... In order to do that, I feel like I'd have to put myself in harm's way unnecessarily uh-huh or disobey one of god's laws or be stupid or something yeah. and it's like okay let's think about it this way pursue peace with them
1: right don't ostracize yourself from them and the way uh-huh. they're ostracizing themselves from you yeah pursue them pursue
0: reconciliation with them yeah lean yeah. into that yeah.
1: Why? hey why are you
0: beating me no <laughs> <laughs> <Did, laughs> that, that would have been a hard that conversation was, a <laughs> conversation <laughs> between a uh-huh. slave and master And yeah, yeah, that was a heavy episode last time. That was, yes, it was. Uh, and then, yeah, verse 12, continuing the psalm for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. Mm -hmm. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. So, another way, another blessing you're obtaining here is God listens to your prayers mm-hmm. and he's looking at you and he's near you and he sees you and he reveals himself to you.
1: Which is exactly what he told husbands would happen if they did not treat their wives well, your right. prayers would be hindered. Oh. And he says it again in a couple verses in first Peter four, seven, mm. the end of all things is at hand. Therefore be self-controlled and sober minded for the sake of your prayers. Yeah. One of the primary blessings of a life in God's family in God's story is that God listens to you and he yeah. saves you.
0: Yeah. Which is a little world-shattering I think for a lot of Christians because I think there's there's a general assumption in the world that God hears every prayer. Mm-hmm. And that he and by hears we have to define what we mean by hear. Yeah, but like does and something about does it. something about it. Yeah. Listens and responds. Mm-hmm. Uh God knows every prayer. Um God knows every word not directed at him too. Yeah. Uh but it's it's interesting to be like did you know that, like, God answers prayers and listens to the prayers of his people, the people who are suffering mm-hmm. for righteousness sake, in a different way than he interacts with prayers of people who are doing evil for evil. It's
1: one of the benefits of part of being, having God as your father. Yeah. He listens to the requests of his children mm-hmm. more than the requests of people that are not his children. Yeah. Not that God doesn't respond to the pe- to prayers of oh, right. people outside of his family. Right. But he, as a father, has a specific affinity, care, love, affection, and fatherly priority for his children. Right. Right?
0: Yep. Yep. Okay. Those are all good blessings. All great blessings. Uh, a life you'll love, mm-hmm. a morally upright life, mm-hmm. uh, a life where God listens to your prayers and you see his face. And the face the Lord is against
1: those who do evil. Right. He will judge the evildoers. He will judge your oppressors. The uh-huh. slave master who refuses to stop beating you will be judged.
0: Okay. So that's interesting. So another reason you don't repay evil for evil is God will judge that. hmm Vengeance is mine. Right. Says, yes, the, Lord. says the Lord. Which like is that, Paul's version yeah, of this, this talk like, in Romans We don't 12. need to do that. God yeah, will. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Okay.
1: Um, okay so that's I'm, I'm on board yeah so why do we suffer for righteousness sake why do we do the right thing when it doesn't earn us anything because God will bless us for it mm. he'll listen to our prayers
0: yeah um, it might not earn us anything with the relationship that we're being harmed in and are trying to do good not necessarily maybe it, may, it might it that, just may be in might. Peter's words yep. yeah yeah but we know mm-hmm. the inevitability like of the blessing we receive from God yeah okay. and, he,
1: and this is what he says Um uh, even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you will be blessed. Yeah. So have no fear of them, your persecutors. Mm-hmm. Don't be troubled by them, but in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason, the <laughs> hope that is in you, and do it with gentleness and respect.
0: I love the context for that that phrase. I don't know if how many of our listeners, verse 15 is like a, famous memory verse for it is a famous memory verse yeah but it's like always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you the reason for your hope and it's like I mean I was told that one in Awanas growing up you know yeah. like growing up in church is just like this always is- always have an apologetic in your back pocket a way to defend your faith but the con the wider context of this book is really interesting for that because it's like it it's like okay so you are a weirdo in a foreign kingdom and they all go to orgies and you don't and someone's gonna to come to you and be like, "Why didn't you come to the orgy?" Yeah, <laughs> I'm saying orgy because, because it's in chapter four. It's coming up. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> we'll get to the orgy. We'll <laughs> that uh, after the souls in prison. Yeah, we'll get, <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, when someone asks me why I didn't like why why I didn't do that, mm-hmm. I I can't just say, "Well, I just I wasn't feeling good," or it's like, uh-huh. "Oh, I just it just didn't sound fun to me." Yeah. Would be. To not obey this command, yeah, is that like the point of living differently in the world? Is so people do ask this question. Mm-hmm. It's like, what's what's up with you? Yeah, and you need to be ready for that question. Yeah, to give people a reason mm-hmm. for the hope that's in you. Well, it's because I don't live here. Like I know I live here, but I don't belong here. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, yeah, you're real, oh, definitely a weirdo. Yeah. You know, but
1: anyway, read the next sentence. Having a good, so do it with general respect. Having uh-huh. a good conscience, so that when you are slandered. Uh huh those that revile your good behavior in christ will be put to shame yeah so think about again the faithful spouse in a pagan marriage like her husband will try to slander her new faith and as we talked about in that podcast the roman government officials said she was a threat to civilized society because she wasn't following the 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 uh religion of her husband and so when they try to criticize her all they'll be able to point to is her love her gentleness her respect her kindness, mm. her not speaking lies, and they'll have nothing to bring against her. And yeah. they will be shamed for ever accusing a follower of Jesus for being a threat to the moral and social order. It's like there's like like you said like apologetic, but there is a, an apologetic thrust to this. Yeah, and it's where, your life. And it's your life. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. Oh man. Okay. Oh, I had a thought and I can't remember it now.
1: I was, I was struck in this conversation recently as I was thinking about this verse. I've heard in just like American political discourse yeah. that one, that Christians are right to respond to the hatred and heat from, uh, the secular media, the secular elite mm-hmm. with violence and fire and heat in return. Oh, we've got to repay like for like, because the game has so fundamentally been changed. Right. Like they're calling us baby killers. They're calling us whatever, whatever it is. Yep. Bigots. Yep. Homophobes. Okay, fine. We'll
0: go pick at your event.
1: Right. So it's, there's been such, so that, that was the argument because yeah. the heat has been so ratcheted up mm. because we're now they're yeah. we're justified in responding in kind.
0: It's a com- it's a competition of who can scream the loudest.
1: Right. And I was just had that in the back of my mind. And I've been trying to like wrestle with that because like, okay, the conversation has changed in America at the right. very least. Yeah. But when I read something like this, I'm like I don't know if the level of my conversations about faith in the public sphere, which mm-hmm. is where this is happening, mm-hmm. right? Persecuted in the public sphere would stand the test of What Peter is calling me to do Hmm. to suffer for righteousness sake, to willingly do so, to do with gentleness and respect with a good conscience. So much so that when I am slandered by the elite in power, they're shamed for it. Right. Bringing up the accusation.
0: Right. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, I'm sure so many people listening right now have had an experience within the last year, probably online, Mm -hmm. of saying something online about your faith. Yep and being reviled for it for some reason. Mm -hmm. And it was probably very petty. Yeah. And you probably were petty back.
1: Right, because why wouldn't you be? That's what the internet
0: is. That's what (laughs) what Twitter is for. That's what comment sections are for. (laughs) And so, like, uh, what does it look like to pursue peace with the petty online? Yeah. You know, and it's like, that would put them to shame. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Is if your whole Twitter profile... Was so peace pursuant that no one could retweet something from three years ago that says like, oh, but look, you used to be petty Uh and they are not put to shame. Yeah. It's like, what if you lived this consistent holy life that no one could get mad at you for yeah (laughs) and if they did they would be the ones who were ashamed but not because you put them to shame by being like no actually you're the hypocrite or you're the idiot or your logic is inconsistent uh, or your news sources are flawed Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's um just the 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 presence of your consistent good life yeah is the thing yes that's very interesting
1: and that's why Peter says it's better to suffer for doing good, if that's God's will, yeah. than for doing evil. Christians should be known as people who are the ones who continue to do good, who continue to act in gentleness, truthfulness, respect, yeah. even when doing evil against, uh, because that's God's way to bless them and the world. Yeah, That's the better thing.
0: Okay. I have two yes. real world examples. Okay, um, So one was like, happens on our YouTube channel quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Or at least it used to when we had a lot more time to answer comments. Yeah. But we would get just like these long ranting angry comments about usually a misconception of something we were trying to say. Mm-hmm. And it was usually from another Christian. Yep. And they'd be like, oh, I can't believe you said blah, 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 blah. And they would just get, they were really heated and usually pretty angry and would usually point at language. And I would write back like um, validating their zeal for God's word, and be like, man, right. I'm so thankful that you care so deeply about this. Yeah. Thanks for asking these questions, for making sure we're doing the right thing, uh, and you're right about this, 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 and this. Um, I just wanted to add a clarification point here, mm-hmm. and just just doing it with peace and love, and not yeah. being reactive, but just like and and expecting to be like whatever, mer, mer, yeah. mer, in return, yeah. and instead we'd be like, oh, people would be like, oh, thank you, that's actually really kind. Sorry. Yeah. This is great. You've got a new subscriber. <laughs> you know, I was like, "There we go!" Right. Uh, so that's, it's just like a, it's a small example of what Peter's talking yeah. about here. Yeah. And the the other one, um, I was just, I was like, okay, being reviled for your good behavior, mm-hmm. that then ends up putting people to shame. I just remember there was a time. I get a little personal here. Okay. But I don't care. Uh, <laughs> you just don't care. I don't care. Uh, we were at a wedding. And we were sitting around a table and like, it was pretty evident. We were the only like practicing Christians in the room or at least at the table. Yeah. And, um, and it it started talking about like all our past relationships. Everyone was married Uh and they were talking about past relationships and everything. And it it turned and turned out that they found out that Megan and I waited until marriage. Yes. And no one believed us. They were laughing at us not mean right. but they just were in utter disbelief. Right. And then once they realized we weren't joking, yeah. they started asking how on earth we pulled it off. Cuz we dated for 6 years. Right. And and we were just and we just kind of talked about God and the Holy Spirit yeah. and we talked about like how we just had a better hope that like what we wanted from God was better than what we wanted physically from each <laughs> other and it ended up like just like bringing shame mm-hmm. in a good way. -hmm. Like, because we weren't shaming them, we were just telling our own story, and it just—you could tell that they were like, "Man, I like—I wish I had contact with something like that." Right. Uh, and so it was just interesting. I'm just like, "This is interesting. This is real." Like, right. I'm just trying to also bring it out of the first century and into like, yeah. And it's not
1: something I don't hear this talked about a ton. Hmm. Suffering for righteousness' sake, bringing its own reward in this life in your relationship with other people. I hear it on like. When you suffer for Jesus's sake. Yep. You'll be resurrected on the last day. That's right.
0: Which is true. You'll be a martyr and, under the throne.
1: And, and we're yeah. going to get to that. In, right. like Literally the next verse. Yes. But it's like there is a pretty profound sense that the good behavior of Christians following God's commands transforms the people around them. Yeah. Yep. It We are salt and light. Yes. To go back to the Sermon on the Mount. And I think that's an undersold <laughs> part of the gospel. Mm-hmm. I think the way we hear it is like we are partners with God to remake the garden, repopulate the Garden of Eden, and see the kingdom of God spread throughout the world. Yeah. And as we live the kingdom ethic, people are compelled to join the kingdom of God. Like, right. This is us doing garden work. Yeah. Seeing the kingdom expand yeah. through our good work, like that's anyway. It's just like
0: yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Um, okay. You you ready to get weird?
1: I'm ready to get so weird. All right,
0: verses 18 through 22. Some of uh, just just out of context entirely. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the lines in here we're going to talk about has how many interpretations by oh, I, one commentator? One
1: commentator said there's, there's a hundred. There's a branching tree of 180 <laughs> different possible interpretations. <laughs> interpretations of the next several verses.
0: But we got the right one. We. <laughs> So much humility. So much humility coming to this podcast. Um uh, Okay. So uh verse eighteen, um for Christ suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God. And this is really good news. Mm-hmm. Uh being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. So pause. For okay, a second. yep, there we go. Um,
1: that's proving everything he's just said.
0: Yeah, the the suffering for righteousness' sake and you will be blessed is proven in the, the fact that Jesus suffered for sins mm-hmm. as a righteous person for the unrighteous, mm-hmm. and now he can bring us to God. That's right. So, so like that's the... Yeah, the death, so, and resurrection proves this. Right, and
1: what we've, we've just been talking about on our human plane, where like our good works affect those around us, he's like now elevated. Now the good works you do here because of Jesus, we will see in eternity. Yep. Jesus' sacrificial death, the righteous for the unrighteous, will bring us... To make us alive in eternity with God
0: forever. There's an eternal proof to what so, I've just said. Yes. Okay. Good. So he was made alive in the spirit, in which he went, Jesus went, and proclaimed to the spirits in prison because they formally did not obey when God's patience waited in the days of Noah, Noah. when the ark was being prepared, <laughs> in which a few, that is eight persons in all, were brought safely through the water. Okay, I'll stop there. Uh Jesus went in the spirit after being put to death to the spirits in prison and proclaimed to them something. Uh-huh. Because they did they formally didn't obey back in the days of Noah. What? We <laughs>
1: we're like I got you. Like, we're talking about repairing marriages and how like all this stuff is happening. Let's rewind the clock and start talking about spirits in the days of Noah. It <laughs> seems odd.
0: It's uh yeah. It's it's, it's a strange one.
1: But what's going to help you understand this, and we're going to talk about this passage three different times over the course of several podcasts. We're going to talk about it here. We're going to talk about it again in 2 Peter. And we're going to talk about it again in the book of Jude. Mm -hmm. Because every single one of these books has this story in it, using it for different purposes. Yep. So it's actually a really important biblical thing to be aware of because now we have three New Testament letters pulling on this tradition.
0: Yeah, and it's a tradition... Of a weird story that most Christians don't either know about or yep. have no idea how to talk about it.
1: Now we all know the story of Noah, or most
0: of us yep, do. Yeah, and that's not the one we're talking about. But right before, <laughs> literally,
1: literally right before Noah and the flood, that whole story. There's, I think it's five verses in yeah, Genesis. Yeah, it's super short. Um, yeah, yeah, whatever it is, yeah, it's it's super short. A, it's like five verses in Genesis. But
0: it's it's a very interesting it's five verses. Super
1: interesting five verses. It's eight. It's eight, eight. verses. Okay. Uh, it ends with, but Noah found favor in the sight of the Lord. Okay and it is the story of the sons of god seeing the daughters of men coming down to earth having sex with them Mm -hmm. and creating a a nation of giants
0: (laughs) these are called the the nephilim
1: and now most people don't want to touch that story
0: Right. At all. But Peter's like, let's go. Peter's all in on it. It's <laughs> all in on so the So twice. He's going to use yep. it
1: twice and so will Jude. Yeah. Um. And what's fascinating is he's using this in a context about the righteous suffering mm-hmm. and the inevitable glory and resurrection that they will experience.
0: Yeah. And the inevitable punishment for the unrighteous. That's right. Yeah. So we're, we need to know the story. We have to know the story. And
1: yep. Peter's
0: all in on it and
1: how it proves his point. Oh,
0: okay. So, do we need to set up the story of Genesis, or have yeah. you have you done the work there? I don't know if I've done all the work. Okay, there.
1: so this, let me just say the story again. Okay, so Genesis six begins with this strange spiritual fall. Mm-hmm. You have these sons of God, yep, whoever they are, lust- spiritual beings. Spiritual beings lusting after physical beings. Yep, the Help daughters of, daughters of men. Yep, and creating this hybrid demonic species of beings called the nephilim. Okay,
0: so you have spiritual beings
1: mm-hmm.
0: lusting after human women mm-hmm. ha- somehow copulating right <laughs> and creating half spiritual half human I don't even know if that's the right mix people that's God's that's things. one
1: so that's the weirdest way to read it okay but the net result is that all of humanity is now implicated in wickedness mm. so whether that's a spiritual being mating with a physical woman yeah or two physical people like just having spiritually wicked people after them the net result of this spirits in prison is that the whole world falls under wickedness the flood must come and noah must build the ark and save that's the the general storyline does, does it, did i say that clearly enough
0: i think so let me let me let me so so this was like this this to you you're you're explaining as a cataclysmic event yeah a catalytic event i should mm-hmm. say In which um, this kind of paradigmatic fall represented in the Nephilim Mm -hmm. um, ended up spreading almost genealogically Mm -hmm. (laughs) through all of mankind so that the entire earth was, you know, in that day, wherever they were, covered with wickedness.
1: The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. Right. This was a, this is the next verse after the story about the Nephilim. Right. Whoever they are, however you define them, that's whatever spiritual reality is happening there infects the whole earth.
0: Right. And so, and then this isn't, and then this this part of the story isn't in the the Old Testament. This is not in the Bible. The one I just said was. No, no, no. Sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. What I'm about to say. Oh, what? I'm sorry. Okay. What I'm about to say is not in the Bible, but it was in Peter's mind, mm-hmm. and it was probably in his audience's mind, mm-hmm. and it's from oh, some of the intertestamental books. Oh. And this is the idea. Many, many, many of them talk about this moment mm-hmm. and say that those fallen sons of God, the Nephilim, were consigned to prison. Yep. That they were put in prison. Spirit spirit prison. Yep. And so that's what he's referencing here. That's what he's referencing. The, the, the spirits in prison with the reference to the punishment that followed that Noah escaped. Mm-hmm. Everyone would have been like, oh, great. It's the Nephilim that fell and were put in prison. Yeah. That's what we're talking about here. That's what. It, and so it took us a
1: long time to get there. Yeah. But if you grow up with all the science fiction literature of your day, talking yeah. about the Nephilim, like, you, you get it. Oh, we're yeah. talking about that story where uh-huh. there was a big fall, you know, the Chitari come down from the portal that Loki set up. Like, a lot of people just got that. Yeah. Not everybody. Not everybody. But, like, a lot of you just got what I was talking about. Avengers. The first the, Avengers the, the movie. The first, first Avengers movie. And you're like, okay, I know what Peter's talking about here. So mm-hmm. Peter is pulling on an the book of Genesis in popular literature on his time to make yep. the point he's been making the whole book yep. that inevitable suffering leads to inevitable resurrection. Right. And so what he does here, he says, okay, God, he was put to death in the flesh and made alive in the spirit. Now, what did he do when he was made alive in the spirit? Mm-hmm. He proclaimed, I think, his victory over evil. Yeah. What does he be talking about? How our good works.
0: We'll triumph over evil. We'll
1: triumph over evil. Yeah. He proclaims that he has defeated evil, Those that ancient evil, the Nephilim, are finally destroyed. Those spirits in prison have been conquered by the resur- death and resurrection of Jesus. And because they, uh, and he says, because they formerly did not obey. Like mm-hmm. this is the reason why he preached to the spiritual powers. They did not obey in times past. But what happened next? Noah built an ark mm-hmm. and eight people were saved. Right. What's this all about? God, because of Jesus' death and resurrection, proclaims victory over the evil powers and proclaims a real way for people to escape judgment yep. and inevitably experience resurrection.
0: Right. That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. I think. I agree. Yeah, because he then combines the flood and the story of Noah with our baptism. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and he says that baptism, which corresponds to this, (laughs) yeah, it's like, oh, okay. So when I'm baptized, I'm going into the ark, Mm -hmm. which means I'm going into Christ, (laughs) Mm -hmm. which means that I get to escape the flood around me of the waters of baptism that would have been my judgment. I would have gone down under the water and stayed there and drowned, just like the people who lived during the time of the Nephilim. Mm -hmm. Uh, But instead, I get inevitable resurrection. Because that pastor's not going to leave me down under the water. <laughs> He's going to pull yeah. me up. Yeah. And I can breathe again. Yeah. And that's our resurrection. And it's inevitable. It's inevitable. Okay.
1: Um, that was a whole lot. It's a, as as a, a lot. whole lot. Uh, but do you want to hear just another fun oh, fact? Oh, always. So in which that a few that is eight persons. Uh-huh. Um, some scholars point to the fact the number eight significant. Because the number is the beginning of a new creation week.
0: Right. Seven he created the earth in six days, rest on the seventh. And, and then on the eighth day. On the eighth day. You're reborn. Yeah.
1: Baptism, which corresponds to this. Mm. You're reborn. Yeah. Out of your old ways. Into a
0: new creation.
1: Into a new creation. A, a new, new, new life kingdom. in Jesus. A new kingdom. Yeah. And which is striking because the next thing he's going to talk about in chapter four is the new life that we're called out of and into an old life of sensuality and passion and uh, lust and a new life of, uh, does he, when does he define it? How does he define it? Um, he doesn't define it for a while. <laughs> He's like uh, out of that life into, into a life a, marked yeah. by resurrection.
0: Yeah. And for, for, uh, I just want to name a feeling and then I have a question, but there's probably a feeling of like, I don't think I caught that. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of people are like, you lost me at, you know, around minute five of Nephilim talk. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's Okay he sums it up for us. Mm-hmm. Peter sums it up for us in chapter or in verse 22 of chapter three, the last verse of chapter three G, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers having been subjected to him mm-hmm. that the, 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 the fallen angels, the Nephilim, these disobedient mm-hmm. sons of God have been judged And have now Jesus is now ruling over them. Mm -hmm. They were evil and they have inevitably lost. Mm -hmm. He's saying, but Jesus suffered as a righteous person and now inevitably rules. Mm -hmm. And and so we too can rule over the Nephilim, Mm -hmm. (laughs) over all the spiritual evil of the past.
1: That's right. And think about think about the way that in the Genesis story, spiritual evil and humanity's evil are just Interlocked,
0: We're impregnated with it, in a sense. And so
1: when you have... Why is he talking about spiritual powers all of a sudden? Because he's been talking about these lived realities of powers, citizens, spouses, yeah. slaves, and masters, where they are in sinful institutions mm-hmm. that deserve judgment. Mm-hmm. And they... And so Peter's zooming back out to the spiritual battle to say, don't you know that we have... Jesus was victorious over the spiritual powers behind the ones that yes. infuse our government yes. and our relationships and our masters uh, and our employment. Like that has been won over already. So yeah. if that greater battle has been fought, what about when you do righteousness, how much more certain is the fact that your blessing will come? Resurrection mm-hmm. will come in that mm-hmm. moment.
0: Yeah. Man, I love thinking about exile, sojourning intertangled evil systems with the flood next to it, because it's it's an interesting question to be like, if you are legitimately processing this worldview that first Peter is asking you to mm-hmm. inhabit, mm-hmm. that you are a stranger, a foreigner, an alien, wherever you are, because you live on fallen earth. Mm-hmm. And then you start thinking about the flood. You, or You ask the question mm-hmm. like how on earth could God judge all of this around me and yet redeem parts of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it like doesn't make, it, it seems like an impossible task because it's like, you know, if, if you go down to the state Capitol, how much of the state capital is wicked and de- deserves to be judged. But then how many people inside of it are actually repaying evil for good? You know, like it's just like if a new flood is going to come, but there's an ark, <laughs> and that wow. ark is Jesus. And I'm just like, Jesus is the way to escape this intertangled world of evil. Yeah. Are you thinking something too?
1: I Yes, so want okay. to land your po- land your plane with you
0: to put my boat on to- on the mountain. To put your boat on the- <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> You got me with that one. <laughs>
1: um okay, I don't know if this docks your boat, but this is what I've been I've been thinking of um when after the flood, yeah. God promised his To never judge the earth again in Mm -hmm. that way, never set a flood again. Right. So that is kind of a prediction that the world will always be intertwined in that way. Right. And there won't be a day of judgment like there was in the past. A
0: total indiscriminatory kind of judgment. Right. Jesus even said, "The wheat and the tares. You know, it's like grow up together. They're going to grow up together, and then I will come and delicately pick out. Right. I'll untangle the mess." And it makes me think and about he, the, he says he's going to use angels to do that. Anyway, just wanted to loop that back oh, in. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah he does. <laughs>
1: you know, it made me think about the criticism a lot of people have of this part of the Bible, especially about the, the, the household cold section. Uh-huh, it's like, why, wives didn't, and husband stuff. why didn't God just blow it all up?
0: Oh. Well, he promised he wouldn't. Right. We and, have to coexist with the intertangled mess. And what does Peter say? In
1: Second Peter, he brings up this same point again because there's these false teachers saying like, see you guys, nothing's happening in the world. He says, no, no, no. God isn't being slow to judge evil like mm-hmm. we're saying he's being patient so that evildoers will one can repent yeah 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 and so I'm, I'm just I'm just meditating on like yeah you're right there's this conjoined nature the spiritual and governmental yeah. and social evil combined together that God has promised in patience to wait mm. so that more people could come to know him yeah
0: um that's nice yeah
1: yeah <laughs>
0: that's good and I've
1: been I'm just I'm just seeing how First Peter and Second Peter are talking to each other a little yeah. bit more in that. Yeah. And I think is interesting. That's great. And to and yes, the Ark is Jesus. Yes. You said it. Yes. Like, so what is the way out of this new intertwined world that won't see a flood like before? Right. The Ark is Jesus. Right. We can get in the Ark and be promised resurrection.
0: Yeah, because we are uniting ourselves to the inevitable resurrection that His dead righteous body already went through that's right <laughs> yeah that's right yeah it's like which is like the ark already survived a storm mm-hmm. go get in that ark you yeah. know jesus already went through death and resurrection go join him in the grave in baptism mm-hmm. there's an inevitability to it because he has repeated that story of death and resurrection throughout the whole bible culminating in his own death and resurrection mm-hmm. there's an inevitability to it if you suffer for righteousness sake you will inevitably be raised
1: So, the point Peter's been making over and over and over again, going from all the way back to Noah, to how you live in your marriage, is that inevitable suffering in this Mm -hmm. life brings about inevitable resurrection. Yep. Um, And that is not just a truth Mm. that we need to know. I think it's like a worldview we need to embody. Okay. Like, um, verse 4 -4 Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourself with the same way of thinking for whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Mm. So we've been talking, um, inevitable suffering leads to inevitable glory. Yeah. That is the, 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 the trajectory of every Christian's life. Yeah. Um, and when I say it's a, a truth, we need to embody. Yeah. It's a what? worldview, a worldview. We need to body. It's like we need to, put our bodies on the line for this, like, yeah. right? Like there's something actually physically and live that actually has to happen. This isn't just a spiritual reality. It's mm. not just an interesting metaphor that ties back to Noah. And when we do so,
0: mm.
1: in a very real way, Peter is confident to say that we have ceased from sin.
0: Yeah, I mean, we've overcome that intertwined mm-hmm. nature of sin that has been in the world right. from almost the beginning.
1: When we are willing to suffer for righteousness sake,
0: yeah, it, it by definition means we've ceased from sin. We've transferred kingdoms. We've transferred kingdoms. Yeah, we're on the eighth day. Yes. Okay, I get that. Yep, I get that. That's good. So yeah.
1: if that's true, mm-hmm. we need to live the rest of our lives, mm-hmm. not for human passions, but for the will of God. So like, what does that mean lived out in our lives? And he goes on this long list of things. Well, it's it's the time has passed for things like sensuality and drunkenness and orgies and drinking parties and lawless idolatries. <laughs> and your friends are surprised when you don't, And I think it's interesting, the flood of debauchery.
0: Oh, yeah, that's interesting. He's pulling on the same metaphor he's already Mm -hmm.
1: used. And the point is that we should no longer do those things Mm -hmm. because that's part of our old way of life, a pre-flood way of life, a Nephilimic (laughs) way of life. (laughs) Nephilimic way of life. This is a great phrase. I love that. just made up. Um, And instead, David's eyes just got so
0: big for for a second. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, I just was thinking about how you had this, this, Broken world where Mm -hmm. man's thoughts were evil only all the time and then God flooded the world and brought a righteous righteousness out of it. Mm -hmm. righteous Noah Mm -hmm. out of it and it's like he used the whole world to tell the story of the Christian where Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, you have the world and then it's washed
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and then you have a clean man on the other side Mm -hmm. and it's like you have this person. We'll call him Mm -hmm. David. (laughs) Like David, like Biden? me, like. <laughs> uh, who just my thoughts were only evil all the time, and I was enslaved to sin, and then I was washed. Mm-hmm. I got in the ark, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and now I'm a righteous man on the mm-hmm. other side. I have surely ceased from sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so that's cool. Anyway, I just I just hadn't ever thought about that, like the flood being a picture of our own salvation. Yeah. Like, it, well, that that way of like the earth right. being cleansed right sense. because
1: beyond oh, i mean peter he, he says it not as dirt from the body
0: right but he's like
1: he's pulling on this idea that which we didn't talk about in yeah. the section beforehand but like the type of washing the flood did was this spiritual cleansing
0: yeah it was a ple- a, a, ple- a pledge of a good conscience towards god that mm-hmm. now there is righteousness on the earth mm-hmm. yeah anyway okay uh,
1: so yeah. the, the point is now that we are on this side of the, on this side of God's resurrection. We, we
0: are no longer in the old Nephilimic way of life. That's
1: right. And before he goes on to the way that we're supposed to live, uh, he kind of gives an apologetic against those maligning mm. uh, Christians for the way they live. So you're, you know, you're, you're not, you're saving it for marriage and right, the whole right, wedding right. table is getting to you about it. Right. <laughs> They will give an account to him who's ready to judge the living and the dead. Yeah. The rest of the world will give an account for the God who judges all people, just like he did in the days of Noah. This is why the gospel was preached to those believing Christians who are now dead, although they have been judged in the flesh the way people are. This is a confusing passage, but I'm trying my best here. They might live in the spirit the way that God does. Mm -hmm. We as Christians will one day die. Yep. But and but that judgment and death, the way all people must die will end in resurrection life. Right. Most people and the pagan society in general just denied the reality of judgment after death.
0: Yeah. They were like, You're gonna die, so why not do everything you can mm-hmm. while while you're while you're alive. The only
1: judgment we receive is the judgment in this life. Right. For doing stupid stuff. So, so don't, don't do, get
0: caught. Don't
1: get caught. Don't do stupid stuff. Don't do harm. Just right. have
0: fun. Yeah, do no harm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, it's like a cool, quote-unquote, cool mom sending her son out to do everything she knows is just immoral. Right. She probably wouldn't call it immoral. And she's like, just don't be stupid, Right. is what she might say on her way because out.
1: Because there's no final account. Right.
0: And Peter saying,
1: no, no, no. There is a day coming of judgment even for the dead. But to those who have died believing in Jesus, the one who have been baptized mm-hmm. in Jesus' death, will raise up out of it. Right. So if that's true... And at the end of all things is at hand. Be self-controlled, sober-minded for the sake of your prayers again. Mm, So interesting. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly since loving covers a multitude of sins, which is again what he brought up in the beginning of this chapter or the end of chapter three. Mm. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. And as you've received gifts, use it to serve one another. And he lists a whole bunch of gifts God gives us for the benefit of others.
0: I mean, so it's like a, it's a very straightforward text. He's saying, um, the world and its kingdom and its way of, of living is full of drinking, passion, do whatever you want, uh, go to a party, lawless idolatry, whatever you want to call it, you know, yep. like, have fun. Yep. Uh, and he's like, man, that's just not the way you live anymore. That was your Nephilimic state. Yeah. But you've passed through the waters, you're in the ark, and now you actually can have the good life. Mm-hmm. You can be have the blessed life, mm-hmm. which is not the way they live. In fact, it's so different when you start living this way where you're, you're good stewards of God's varied grace and you're showing hospitality without grumbling and you're loving people earnestly. Uh-huh. You're going to look weird. Yeah. But that's the good life. Uh-huh. And so he's like, that's what he's saying. He's like, there's a before and an after here is all that's happening.
1: And that's exactly right. And I think another thing that's happening under the surface is that this good life of hospitality, love is worth the cost. Mm, yeah. Suffering for this type of righteousness is worth the cost. Why? Death is not the end. Right. Suffering in this life is not the end.
0: We're playing the long game.
1: Right. <laughs> What's the criticism of everybody who sees a Christian's moral lifestyle and says, that's crazy. Yeah. Why would you ever deny yourself that? Why would you not? Why Why not yeah, join? Why, yeah, why, why don't you come in, to the
0: party? Yeah. Why would you enjoin yourself to that party knowing that there's judgment on the other side? <laughs> right. And or resurrection life. Yeah. That for, you're missing out on. <laughs> that you're missing out on. Yeah. So the, the
1: point is simple. The yeah. point is like, death and suffering well one death and suffering are not proof the gospel is untrue Mm -hmm. but death and suffering suffering for righteousness sake is the path down which hope and blessing are found for Mm -hmm. god's people um and no matter what anybody else says no matter what the culture says it's not true
0: yeah yeah okay that's good yep okay and then and then so there's a there's this last section where we've been talking a lot about suffering we talked about suffering for righteousness sake uh suffering for doing good Uh, Mm -hmm. And then like, um, because we know there's resurrection on the other side, so we're going to live differently because we're not in our Nephilimic state anymore. Mm -hmm. We're in our (laughs) our post-Diluvian state, our Mm -hmm. after the flood uh, state. Um, And then he just grounds the whole thing in some really powerful Mm -hmm. gospel-centered sentences. It's amazing. Verse
1: 12. Beloved. Don't be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. Why is this happening to me? We don't get to ask that question.
0: Yeah, it's like, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. Yeah, it's not strange that it's happening. Don't don't be surprised.
1: Rejoice insofar as you share Christ's suffering. This
0: is happening to me. <laughs> Adding some flavor. You're like, this is the performed audio Bible. I love it. Okay. Okay. Um,
1: so that you also may rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. Mm. The con- I mean, I I want to like the content. What's the gospel grounding of this? Suffering for righteousness' sake is suffering as Christ suffered. Yeah, it's not just you're acting like Jesus. You're l- suffering as Jesus, and you will be resurrected like him as well.
0: I want to point out uh-huh. one, um, just point of clarification yes uh and if i'm wrong you just tell me okay uh in verse 12 don't be surprised at the fiery trial that comes upon you as though something strange is happening Mm -hmm. right but join in christ's sufferings rejoice in suffering he's not talking about suffering in general right he's not talking about when the tornado hits your house no he's not talking about when a family member dies he I
1: i i mean i think it makes sense from everything we've read about suffering for righteousness'
0: sake yep. and suffering like Christ. Right. When you're yep. when you're at the party and you wait until marriage and you get mm. made fun of. Yes. Don't be like, What why would right. God let why would God let me be maligned here? Right. I thought I, I stepped out on a limb and went mm. out and I thought God would make it so everyone just applauds me and stands up and I baptize everybody at the wedding. Yeah, <laughs> right, so, right. No, no that, that's, that's, that's uh, what kingdom are you living in? You're still in Babylon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, I get yeah, that. Yeah, yep. that.
1: I think that is right. Yeah. I, I also think it is true the other way. Like there's a sense we share the situational sufferings of Christ and Jesus promises a specific type of comfort, sympathy and compassion for us. Yes. But I think here he's talking specifically about the suffering we experience for acting like Jesus, even to the point of death. Right. So it's like the uh, being made up of the wedding is one type of persecution, and so is being thrown in prison and yes. martyred for it, which yeah. is was also happening in Peter's day. And yes. Happens. Now more Christians are killed now than yep. any other point in history, I think. Yep. It's the um, most
0: persecuted church era. Yeah. Yeah, which is crazy. Okay, he says this thing here. Um, Insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, Rejoice, sorry, insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that it's like, if you don't rejoice when you suffer righteously now, you won't rejoice when he comes back in his second coming. Mm-hmm. Why Why is that? Those seem a bit disconnected. Yeah. Because I'm like, I'm going to rejoice when he comes back because it's going to be a joyful day.
1: No, you won't. What? what? Why <laughs> not? <laughs> B- because you just said it. If you don't suffer for righteousness' sake now, you won't then. Is it What? The only people that rejoice when righteousness comes oh. are the righteous. If you love unrighteousness, if you love wickedness, if you love sensuality, if you love your Nephilimic ways, you will not rejoice
0: on the flood. Right. You can only rejoice when the storm of the flood comes if and you're you, in the ark. If you're <laughs> in the ark. Like that's why so that's why we rejoice in our sufferings
1: for righteousness. Because sake. we know we're in the ark. Because we know we're in the ark. And only people who are in the ark rejoice suffer for righteousness' yeah, sake. Okay. Does that
0: make sense? That makes a lot of sense. That's good. Okay, that's um, good. So if so then verse 14 if you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed. Uh, because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. Well, that's, mm. that's nice. So, like a, it's another like assurance text. Like yeah. If
1: you're persecuted, I thought about in Acts five when Peter, uh-huh. uh huh, is going before the Sanhedrin. Oh, and yes. they Flog him and beat him. What do they say when they leave? They rejoice. They were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. Mm. And every day they continue to preach. Yeah. Um. They figured it out early on. They they realized to suffer then. Is to suffer with Christ and to experience His coming glory.
0: Okay, here we go. We are circling the drain on something. If you have stayed around till this point in the podcast, excellent. This is your reward. This is your reward. <laughs> uh, you have suffered for righteousness' <laughs> sake. Um, I, I mean, because you said that and it made it, it made it click for me. Because I'm like, this, this is what my brain did. I was like, okay, why would Peter immediately know that to suffer for the name? is just worthy of rejoicing, you know, like, why can he been like, man, that really stinks that I had to be suffer. I had to suffer for Jesus's name. It was worth it, mm-hmm. but man, I would have preferred not to. Yeah. Would have been a completely logical response. Right. But you talked about a worldview that mm-hmm. needs to be embodied. And that is because the creator of the world has shown us how the world works in coming, in suffering for righteousness' sake, mm-hmm. that led to his own resurrection. Mm-hmm. He has said, "You guys think you you guys, you twenty first century people think you understand natural law? What goes up must come down. Mm-hmm. The whatever the closed system second law of thermodynamics thing is. Yep. Those thing. I'm not a scientist. Uh, you know, <laughs> you think you understand how the world works? Jesus dying on the cross for righteousness' sake and rising again." Shows how the world works. Mm-hmm. That when you suffer for righteousness sake, for the sake of my name, you are proving just as sure as gravity that you will be raised. Mm-hmm. That's the way the world works. Yeah. So whenever you claim the name of Jesus and you suffer for it, that means you've gone up and you will come yeah. down just like right. gravity.
1: You have ceased from sin. Yeah. You, yeah it's, it's a it's big just deal. It's just this assur-
0: assurance yes. text. The, you have the spirit of glory. Mm-hmm. Like... Anyway, that's just really helpful. And think about think about what John
1: uh, J- Jesus said mm. to his disciples, including Peter, in mm-hmm. the last room. They're going to put you out of the synagogue. Right. They're going to kill you. Yeah. But very truly, I tell you, it's good that I'm going away because the advocate, the Holy Spirit will uh-huh. come to you and he's going to teach you about sin and righteousness and judgment. That's the first thing he says. Oh,
0: so, like, Peter's unpacking that. Peter is unpacking. The when, Holy Spirit uh, has taught Peter what Jesus meant by that. Yes. And now he's putting it in this epistle. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Peter. <laughs> that's helpful. That's awesome. I've always wondered what that was. And now it's just kind of cool to be like, and then Peter wrote it down in 1 Peter. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Yep. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. If anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in, uh, in that name. For the time of judgment to begin at the household of God Oh, wait, for the... Oh, for it is time... This is a crazy thing. I forgot about this. Yeah. For it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God. And Mm -hmm. if it begins with us, what will be the outcome of those who do not obey the gospel of God? There's like a lesser and greater degree thing happening here. Yeah. What have you thought about this first? I...
1: This is a verse I don't have as much on as I yeah. wish I had. Like, is there a biblical theological theme of like godly being judged before the ungodly? Yeah, I don't know.
0: I mean, I mean, I think about like Israel being judged preeminently among the nations, and some mm. of the the minor prophets. Yeah, 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 and even like they were destroyed as Babylon was allowed to grow. Yeah. You know, but it should have been a precursor. It should have been an omen to Babylon that mm-hmm. the God of Israel is not to be trifled with. Mm-hmm. If he judges his own people, how much more will he judge those who are not his? That's right. Yeah. Even I think the phrase household of God is interesting
1: for this. Like, who does a father correct first? Right. His own children. Right. And remember the story of Noah in this scenario when judgment comes.
0: Right. Um, yeah.
1: They they barely made it in the ark.
0: Right. Right. The whole world, it was a, a, a flood.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And they had one boat. Yeah. It, it was it was a skin-to-their-teeth situation. Yeah. And what does the next verse say?
0: Yeah, if the righteous is scarcely saved, what will
1: become of the ungodly and the sinner? And yeah. it, the answer is implied. Like Judgment is coming for wickedness. Inevitable judgment is coming for wickedness. Mm-hmm. But inevitable salvation for those that believe.
0: Yep. Yeah. So therefore, when you suffer, entrust your soul to the faithful creator and keep doing good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, man, that... What's interesting about this is, and it makes me just want to be more bold, in in claiming the name of Jesus everywhere I go, because mm-hmm. I kind of just want to get made fun of now. Oh, right. <laughs> so I can be, so I can be like, <laughs> yes, got you know? it. Like, which is probably the wrong motivation. Yeah, you beca- know
1: what I mean. Right, right. It's, <laughs> it is the wrong motivation. <laughs> we shouldn't seek suffering, right? But I mean, but, we, but like, we should be bold. We should be bold. But remember, Peter's talking to people who could not be helped but be persecuted.
0: That's right. That's right.
1: It's not... They didn't have to go looking for no. suffering. right. Because it was so self-evident to them.
0: Right. I don't have to like... Yeah, I don't have to go and just be like an obnoxious evangelist to right. the person ringing me up at the grocery store so that security would drag me out and I could pump my fist in the there, parking lot. There
1: is probably... Uh, you would not shame the powers by doing so. <laughs>
0: I'd be like, I man, those annoying Christians. Yeah, yeah. Um, not saying don't share your faith with the cashier at your grocery store. Yes, but yes, but the impetus is a little backwards. It's a little, and the story's a, a little backwards. Yeah, like it's like you are, you will be persecuted if you just live your Christian life. Yeah, <laughs> if you are doing good, uh, leaving your old life behind, yeah. living opposite of the powers that be and the the, the culture that is. And you're not bowing to the cultural idols of the day. Yeah, you're going to be persecuted.
1: And I think what, but what you the that like what you said is indicative of like the world we live in. Yeah, modern Western Oklahoma. Right. Um, the being a Christian isn't doesn't invite persecution necessarily. Yeah. yeah right? not, not 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 often. Not on this level. Yeah. However, I will. I I probably would say that. It should. Mm-hmm. Being a Christian, the Bible Belt mm-hmm. will earn you criticism from Bible Belt nominal Christians right. in a way that's different than the persecution you might earn in New York City or at your unbelieving friend's wedding. Like, right. like there's like, There are different ways the life and the goodness of Jesus will rub the people around you the wrong way. Right. You shouldn't go out looking for reasons to, pe- to get people angry at you. Right. But... Being a consistent Christian is going to rub everybody the wrong way at some point because the the kingdom of heaven is contrary to the kingdom of the Republicans yep. and the Democrats and the blue state liberals and the red state. You know, like mm-hmm. it's contrary to whatever kingdom you're in, whatever empire you're in right now. So there's a sense. I think you're right. Yeah. We do need to lean into our Christian identity more strongly,
0: right? Wherever we are. Yeah. And I just think like we we're all a little afraid, Yes. Of being just a little open about our faith. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, I was just speaking at an event in South Carolina and I was at the restaurant, uh, of the hotel alone. And, um, there was a guy sitting next to me and this was a, a big fundraiser with a lot yeah. of like wealthy Christians there mm-hmm. to give generously to awesome organizations. And, um, uh, well, ours was not one of them, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I was working on some spoken, spoken gospel stuff mm-hmm. in a journal. And this guy uh, looks over at me and is like, man, you're working really hard on a Saturday night that you know, yeah. y- your job must really stink. You know, yeah, your boss yeah. must be driving you crazy yeah. or he said something like that. And I was like, oh, actually, I'm working boss. on a ministry, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and I told him I spoken gospel. Yeah, and he kind of like belittled me, uh, you know, and it was like, yeah. oh, that's neat, you know, and, like, right. and just kind of like blew me off and then bragged about how he runs hotel chains. And cool. you know, I was just belittled. In yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. Not, it wasn't suffering or anything. Right. But it would have been very easy, and I kind of even wanted just so I didn't have to uh-huh. bring it up, uh-huh. like to be like, oh yeah, but you know, I love my job. I could have said that right. and avoided the Christian conversation altogether. Mm-hmm. But I just for the, I just put the name of Jesus in it and yeah. got a little flack. Uh-huh. And it's like. I just want to like lean. I don't want to be obnoxious. I'm not talking about that. It's just like it takes some of the fear away is what I'm saying Mm -hmm. is it's just like Mm -hmm. I want to explore what it feels like to rejoice whenever I'm made fun of for being a Christian. You know, like I want to not be afraid to like pray wherever I am or have my Bible wherever I am.
1: My assumption is that I'm the only one who's going to get shamed in that scenario. Mm. But Peter would tell you it's the other way around. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's like I, don't, I don't imagine a scenario where I'm bold for my faith and I don't get shamed for it. Right. I feel awful about it, you know? Yeah, it's
0: like, but actually, like, if you do that and then you love the person trying to shame you or throwing flack at you and you pursue peace with them, mm-hmm. the powers will be shamed. And that yeah. person will be shamed, maybe even into finding Jesus, getting in the ark. Yeah. Getting in the ark. Yeah. I, so. And it
1: makes me also think differently about the burning coals passage. Like, yeah, when yeah, you yeah. love your neighbor, it, it, even when they are mm-hmm. evil to you, it'll be like burning... Heaping
0: burning coals on their head.
1: And so when you lean into those moments, the, the back away that yeah. anyway, that shame it's is
0: reversed before we close the episode. We just have to talk really briefly. Uh, just really, we have to end it on the fact that like, this is what Jesus has done for us. Mm-hmm. We were the unrighteous. Mm-hmm. We were the, the, the businessman at the restaurant at the hotel. We were the unbelievers yeah. at the wedding. Yeah. <laughs> Throwing shade at him. <laughs> And he suffered for righteously, us. yeah,
1: for our unrighteousness. For Christ also suffered once for sin, the yeah. righteous for the unrighteous, us, us, the nephilim, that Nephilimic. he might bring us, yes, to God.
0: Yeah, we we were the unrighteous, like we were the such for some of you. That's how Paul. Yeah, says such for yeah. some of you, and you know we were the ones who threw our evil at him. Mm -hmm. We threw our our reviling and our harm at him. Mm -hmm. And he did not repay evil for evil. Mm -hmm. He repaid our evil with his good Mm -hmm. and died for us righteously, not only to earn resurrection life for himself, which is how the world works according to God, but to earn it for all of us. Mm -hmm. And it's like, man, how can you not live into that story? (laughs) Like, it's such a good story to live in and it's our story. And so that's why we suffer for righteousness sake is so we can participate in that good suffering of God for the good of ourselves and our, those around us. Mm-hmm. So, amen. Amen. All right, so we'll wrap up 1 Peter next week, right? That's right. Okay, uh, what's... what? 1 uh, Peter 5 is yeah?
1: Peter's exhortations to the elders of the church, mm. and I think it pulls on two of the stories in Peter's life where Jesus most strongly rebuked him.
0: Ooh. And got onto him. That'll be fun. So it should be fun. All right, well, we'll see you guys next week.